Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Waltz is our agency, right? True. Carol Lewis is our agent. Word up. Zakia and Fourth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. Okay, so who we rolling with then? We rolling with Rush. Our Rush Town Management. So check this out. Since we talking over this deaf beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of them deaf rhymes. You know what I'm saying? And together, we can get paid in full. Full, full, full. All right, good morning, folks. Today is January 27th. It is Friday. Got a little Eric B and Rock Kim kicking it for you this morning. Welcome to episode number 291 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Tom Bishop, Jim Lund, Eric B, and Rakim will be ripping through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion, analysis, critically or not, maybe with some spice or not, on what it means to you as a practitioner, how to operationalize it at work this uh, coming week, next week, in the macro picture for strategic planning for Q2. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, there's going to be massive value for here dealing with terminology, concepts, and obviously all the good networking all up in here. Before we get into it, though, and by the way, it is uh, Grayson's joke of the day, Grayson's joke of the week today on Friday, so we'll do that at the mid-roll. But before we get into it, what's up, South Korea? Good to see you in here. Before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thank you to the stream sponsors, make you guys all aware of these spectacular partners from Simply Cyber, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions, Eric Taylor and the whole gang over there. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They yeet it. So check them out at barricadecyber.com. Go to their website. You can see it on stream right now. Eric Taylor or one of his constituents, although it's most likely Eric, uh, you can get on his calendar right here. You can speak with him as early as 2 p.m. today about what your program looks like, what your business looks like. Maybe you don't even have an InfoSec program. It's nice to have a, you know, it's nice to have a backstop, guys. Um, you know, running around naked, you know, sounds fun and all, but, you know, when the lights get turned on, you might be exposed. So consider contacting Barricade Cyber Solutions to get that straightened out. Not the naked part, your business getting protected, okay? Also want to say shout out and love to Recon InfoSec and their MDR offering, guys. I talk about them all the time and I genuinely mean it. Eric Capuano, Whitney Champion, the entire Recon InfoSec team over there is incredibly good at their job. If you're in need of a service, that provides you and your organization with 24-7 managed detection and response, MDR, seriously consider Recon InfoSec. At minimum, put them in your pool of vendors to evaluate. You will not be disappointed, I promise you. Their transparent offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. So don't think you're too small. Don't think you're too big. You gotta put you gotta put Sysmon on endpoints and push telemetry to a central source. It doesn't matter if it's 50 endpoints, a thousand endpoints, ten thousand endpoints. It all gets collated into the same bucket, and they know how to analyze it. They know how to engineer it, and they know how to architect it. You get access to their full stack um, of their team and their sim and soar if you really want to get your hands dirty. But if you're just looking for some support and looking for some um, 
Hold on. I don't want to go all in on um, Eric B and Rakim. If, you, if you're just looking to offload uh, security operations to a trusted partner, definitely consider Recon InfoSec. They, they know what they're doing. It's a security company run by security people, period, end of story. That's the deal. I want to remind you, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, to me, and in my opinion, and I would argue this against uh, ISC Squared and ISACA policy, each episode is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Document you were here. Take a screenshot if you want to do that. And have it stacked two and a half a week, 10 a month. If you're live, love it. I see 93 of you this morning, 95. Seems like maybe uh, <laughs> the college weekend that starts on Thursday may have got a hold of some of you uh, last night. So kind of a slow start getting your coffee, but that's okay. If you're on replay, hashtag team replay. What's up, Left Coast? Poner Joe, Rob out in San Diego. Hope you're all well. All right, guys. Let's slowly ease into it. Want to say good morning to Greg Does Stuff, Mitch T, Matt McDaniel, Gaming with the Cat, connected with him on LinkedIn. Hey, George, Age Tagesdale, Jay Smith. Love seeing all this squad, guys. Good morning, North Georgia. How are you? Yeah, thanks, Tom Bishop. Guys, if you got a hot minute and you're, you're familiar with the program, jump in and hit that like button now just so it gets pushed to more folks um, as we kind of roll into it. What's up, internal stranger? Boys, hey, guess what? I got a, I got a real, real promising lead. Uh, I, I almost don't want to ruin the surprise for you guys, but because it's just us here, I do feel like ruining it. Guys, I don't know. Many of you might know this. I have been to Antarctica like three or four times. I've been to the South Pole. I have friends who are there. I have a friend who's on the ice right now, and she's going to be there on Wednesday next week. I'm not making any promises, but just be aware. We might go full tilt worldwide Wednesday, so we got to come correct next Wednesday if we're going to have Antarctica come online, all right? What's up, South Africa, Cameron? All right, guys, let's sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot cybersecurity news wash over your ears, all right? I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, January 27th, 2023. FBI seizes Hive ransomware group infrastructure after lurking in servers for months. Yes! After seven months spent lurking inside the notorious ransomware group's networks, swiping decryption keys for its victims, the FBI and international partners have seized infrastructure behind Hive ransomware attacks. Since June of 2021, Hive has targeted more than 1,500 victims globally. While staking out Hive's network, the FBI disrupted multiple attacks, including ones against a Louisiana hospital, a food services company, and a Texas school district. Deputy Attorney General Lisa O. Monaco said during a press conference on Thursday, quote, in the 21st century cyber stakeout, our investigative team turned the tables on Hive, swiping their decryption keys, passing them to victims, and ultimately averting more than $130 million in ransomware payments. She continued, simply put, using lawful means, we hacked the hackers. Yeah. Quote. All right. So two things. One, this is, um, this is a total win, guys. You know what I want? I want ransomware threat actors looking over their shoulder all the time, wondering if, like, the person that they're talking with on the other line is Europol, FBI, Interpol. Good. Good, 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 good. Now, listen, a couple things here. One, Hive has been a top-tier ransomware threat actor for some time. Um, 
I'm, I'm loving it. We covered that story about Louisiana uh, Hospital not too long ago. It sounds like the FBI was able to get decryption keys to them. So um, that kind of uh, mitigated the damage. Two interesting things that came out of this story that, um, b- besides the obvious that they've been taken down, one is that only 20% of victims contacted the FBI. Um, that really sucks, right? So 80% of victim organizations did not call FBI. Now I know like, here's, here's why I'm bringing this up. I know several people, myself included, who have made efforts to contact the FBI about, um, a cyber incident, right? The IC three, if you, if you, if you Google IC three, or I'll just do it on stream. If you Google it, right? Here's the FBI internet crime complaint center. You go in here. Yeah. I accept that I'm not like bullshit, right? You can put all this stuff in here. Myself and other people have had mixed experiences putting these things in, meaning like you just never hear back or it's like, you know, it's in my experience, if you're not like, and I get it, but if you're not like a big deal, (laughs) frankly, um, you're not a big deal. So when 80% of the victims don't contact the FBI, my initial thought is like, oh my God, like there's obviously like a trust issue here, but there's also like a um, performance issue, right? If, if, if I contact the FBI and I get a bad experience, why would I do it the next time? Like I, I'm, I'm already dealing with ransomware. Like I don't, you know what I mean? So, so that one, I think that there's an area of uh, uh, an opportunity for improvement uh, on the FBI's uh, engagement with the p- private sector, uh, frankly, even if it's just like, you know, like anything would be good. So I'd like, I'd love to see those numbers go up. The second thing that jumped out is really peculiar is the story reports that no charges were brought against the hive developers. They've been arrested. I mean, I don't know if this is some like, you know, Guantanamo Bay type thing where they're just like not formally charged. So they can't be put on bail, but they're held to this like limbo states like just in the media uh, movies or it's a real thing but i i don't know why if you take down this huge network why wouldn't you charge them okay um but they are taking down everybody the second the the third thing that really jumped out is odd to me too or just like i in guys i'm sure hive ransomware is an incredibly complicated infrastructure okay so i do mean this with all the love and respect in my heart but hive ransomware like they were operate, they had two servers or at least some infrastructure in Los Angeles. You are so dumb. You are really dumb for real. Like why? Like if dude, guys, if you were a legitimate professional criminal operating a like a very public, very very um like notorious criminal empire, would you operate in the United States? Like. It just seems like a horrible idea. Like go go somewhere else. I mean, the we have internet all over the world. Like like the country of Ghana has great internet. You could operate anywhere. Like in the United States, just seems like you're you're flirting with her. Um. So, anyways, I love it. I love it. I love that the FBI was lurking, Joel Belton style. Right. I think Joel Belton likes to lurk in the dark web. Um. And then they struck like a cobra. Like, phew, phew. love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. This is like the best story to end the week. Layoffs come to IBM, Kindrel, Watson, and Russia to blame. 
IBM is the latest tech company to jump on the layoff bandwagon with news it would reduce its workforce by around 3,900, which is 1.5% of <laughs> its workforce. Lurker. <laughs> These layoffs follow the spin-offs of its Kindrel and Watson health units and also point the finger of blame at events that impacted IBM's profit and cash flow projections, such as exiting Russia, wage inflation, and a strong dollar. Microsoft. Yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I don't want to hear it, okay? I don't want to hear it. IBM laying off a bunch of people, dude. Like, like if you work in big tech right now, I hope to God you're dusting your resume off. And I almost think that there's nowhere safe. Like, let's say that you were like expecting Amazon or whatever to like lay you off, so you jump to IBM, and then like this happens. They they claim Russia and all these other things. What happened was the tech companies. I don't want to say got greedy. Okay, again, I'm not a you know. I'm not the smartest bulb in the, or I'm not the sharpest knife in the box or whatever. No, the, whatever. I can't even make a good analogy right now. But my point is these tech companies staffed up really high in order to make way more revenue. And they over overextended themselves because of greed, I would imagine. Great cash, homie. And now, now, you know, the price has to be paid. So, you know, it's easy to put spin on it and say, oh, here's why, here's why, here's why. And maybe they did have products that failed, but it just sucks, man. Like, it, it, there's a lot of uh, really intelligent, really smart people who are being let go or laid off or not treated appropriately. Like, if you guys have probably seen the stories at Google, like, people who have been at Google 17, 18, 19, 20 years going to work. And, and like the way they find out they've been laid off is because their swipe badge no longer works or they get like a email. Got to be careful, guys. Keep yourself, keep yourself sharp. Even if you have a job, keep, keep working. Um, and, and I don't know, man, like, like corporate America is pushing down this, this, like, um, this, this, this message or this uh, agenda that like, over like for example like overemployment is bad or uh having a side hustle is bad working from home is bad well it's like yeah okay i see why you think it's bad cuz you want you want me to be like 1984 and just like trudging along like you know and only thinking about your business but in reality like you you see me as like a cog like i like it's almost borderline inhumane so um Mind yourself, and um, well, well, this is probably not the end of massive tech layoff, okay? Services have recovered after widespread outage. Microsoft services have recovered after tens of thousands of users reported its products, including Outlook and Teams, had stopped working. Microsoft blamed the outage on a change it made to its wide area network, which had now been resolved. They explicitly ruled out a cyber attack as a potential cause of the issue. Wednesday's problems affected a range of widely used Microsoft products. Services including Teams and Xbox Live were also reported as not working, and Azure also experienced problems which affected a subset of users. Mm, okay, I was unaware of this. Uh, I don't know if anybody experienced this themselves. Uh, you know, it says widespread. So it, Microsoft Azure is such a monster. It's such a Goliath. So like it could have been like in one region of the world. Um, I mean, this is just business continuity 101. Microsoft's entire, I mean, not their entire 
portfolio, but like a lot of uh, Microsoft's $200 billion. Um, okay. So BSEC saying it was overseas, which is why we didn't experience it. You got to remember guys, like Azure, AWS or whatever, like they have regions and the regions are kind of like uh, duplicated across regions right so like the infrastructure is like here 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 and you know you can be in multiple regions for business continuity and stuff like that but for the most part when there's a problem in a region um only that region is impacted right so um microsoft has you know so much money in azure right that's where all their services are that's where they're pushing all their business to they have all these security tools and everything like that so um, it's very important for them to keep Azure up and running. I don't know. It doesn't sound like this was a cyber incident, but you got to remember uh, uptime availability is one of the core three cybersecurity objectives. So even if it is an elite hacksaw um, bringing us down, you know, if, if BSEC misconfigures a BGP route or something and, and, and you know, basically sinkholes Pacific Rim, it's still a problem that needs to be addressed. So uh, hopefully... You know, everything is fine. I guess all I would say is you should take this as an opportunity to refresh yourself that even core services that seem wicked dependable, like Azure, like Teams, et cetera, can go down. So if you have critical, critical business processes that depend on these services, you may want to have a backup plan, right? I, I can't think of a, a particular example. Like if you're a tech company like Netflix, which hosts on AWS and AWS goes down. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You're not going to have like all of Netflix up on Azure as well. But if you're a business, like a manufacturing business and you depend on, um, you know, certain emails or something like that, maybe you have a backup mail server service or something like that. Just, it's kind of hard to just like throw an example out there uh, personally, but. All right, here we go. Yandex denies hack, blames source code leak on former employee. Yeah, exactly. A BCP. Yandex source code repository allegedly stolen by a former employee of the Russian technology company has been leaked as a torrent on a popular hacking forum. Yesterday, the leaker posted a magnet link that they claim are, quote, Yandex Git sources, end quote, consisting of 44.7 gigabytes of files stolen from the company in July 2022. These code repositories allegedly contain all of the company's source code beside anti-spam rules. A former senior executive added that the leak does not contain any customer data, nor does it directly threaten to leak proprietary technology, but it does create the potential for hackers to identify security gaps and create targeted exploits. All right, so a couple things here. One, Moshi uh, Levy, good luck on the CERT exam later today, my friend. Uh, you're absolutely going to crush it. I have no question. You know what you're going to do? Ha <laughs> ha you're going to just blow through it and move on to the next one. I, I have no doubt. Okay, guys. So Yandex uh, has a data leak online. It says they weren't hacked. Everybody assumes the hack. What what happened here, and I'm going to focus on insider threats. What happened is it, it sounds like a disgruntled employee got fired in some way or quit out of anger or whatever and copy and pasted 44 gigs of data and put it on list as like a you know, double middle fingers on the way out, okay? This can happen. If you have software that is, you know, sensitive or, you know, intellectual property, whatever, the algorithm, right? Um, and, it, and it matters enough, then you need to have an insider threat program. You need, guys, privileged access management, 
um, data, you know, data uh, compartmentalization. It's very difficult to do. Okay, it's very very hard to do, but you can do it if it's important enough, uh, and essentially be able to detect that this dude is copying off masses of amounts of files. You could also not allow USB drives. You could, um, you know, like there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Maybe we should have, uh, what's his face? Um, Charles Finfrock. Hold on. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Right. Finfrock's an expert on insider threat as well. So maybe we could have him on the show one day and talk about this. But basically, guys, this can happen. Now, I do want to point out that they said no customer data was uh, released. So Yandex is probably like breathing a sigh of relief that they don't have to deal with cleaning up that uh, like dog dookie on a carpet. But, you know, as they said in the story, when the source code gets leaked, threat actors can evaluate it if they're particularly um, motivated. And then, you know, maybe get into some data or something like that. I just want to point out, like, do you remember like Twitch? Twitch's entire source code got leaked. I never really heard anything come of it, right? Like that was their their secret jewels, right? Their crown jewels, their secret sauce. It's not like a a like Twatch or like you know what I mean, like some ripoff Twitch streaming site appeared the next day, right? So it's not like a Yandex, uh, like you know Zandex fake you know, knockoff website's going to pop up. It really is about the source code, about the vulnerabilities, and someone's going to have to go do all the work. This is just a, to me, it just appears to be a, an angry former employee doing what they do, right? And, you know, as part of it, guys, as part of it, like when you have a more mature cybersecurity program, you should account for this. You should, you should be doing this as a tabletop exercise and asking legal, asking PR, asking executives, how would you want to handle this? Okay. Also, as a quick note, do you guys notice like every time there's a data breach, it's like the same avatar, like Joel Belton and other dark web lurkers is like, do a lot of people use this anime avatar as their logo or is it just always... Is bleeping computer always just do this one? I, I, I'm always curious because it's the same one all the time. All right, let's do the mid-roll. And now a word from our sponsor, SafeBase. If a prospect customer asked you about your trust program or security policies, where would you send them? Chances are you'd need to send an NDA, hunt down documentation, go back and forth via email, and answer a litany of questions. SafeBase is the better way. SafeBase's Smart Trust Center allows you to send one link to customers or buyers so that they can easily access the security and compliance information they need. Meanwhile, you get more control over who has access to your documents and for how long. Build customer trust the smart way with SafeBase. You can learn more at safebase.com. That's S-A-F-E-B-A-S-E dot com. All right. Hey, this is really interesting. So uh, Shuttle Crab shares that a woman named Robin Lennon's Belinga had her entire business um, collapse <laughs> because of an insider threat. It's no joke, man. It's no joke. All right. Want to do the mid-roll? We got a little Simple Minds up in here. Since we already blew out the copyright with Eric B. and Rakim this morning, let's, let's roll hard on this one. You guys are getting value if you're if you're getting educated, if you're getting entertained, if you're getting both of those things, I would genuinely appreciate some or all of the 155 of you who are in chat right now to take a hot minute 
and hit that like button. It goes a long way at pushing the stream to other people who are searching for cybersecurity content on YouTube, people looking for cybersecurity content on YouTube. This will push it in front of their face and then they'll come in here and they'll be like, they'll be like, like, hey, I heard, I heard, uh, I heard there's some cybersecurity going on in here. What, what, what's going on? And then we can be like, oh, come on in here. Come on in here. Let's get in here. Sit down. Have a cup of coffee. Join us. So hit that like button. Again, thank you so much, Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec. We are coming near the end of our Recon InfoSec sponsorship. They will not be renewing in February, which is no problem. And I have genuinely enjoyed working with them. A great group of people over there. Thank you so much, guys. If you want to get the newsletter on Monday morning, hop on over to simplycyber.io slash newsletter, link in the chat on LinkedIn, I mean, excuse me, on YouTube. I basically write an email on Saturday that goes to you on Monday morning, 6 a.m. that gives you three pieces of intel that you can literally use to take action. I have about 3,000 people who sign up to the newsletter. Um, I get very little unsubscribes. So, you know, use that as whatever, social proof that it doesn't suck, all right? Genuinely appreciate that. Um, now, Grayson's joke of the week. Let me see if I can... He, he didn't have one, so I, get, I got one for him. Um, oh, God, I can't even remember. Oh, my God. Hold on one second. It had, it, it had something to do with, like, a chat GPT, but I can't remember. Um... All right, what do you get when you cross a computer with a lifeguard? What do you get when you cross a computer with a lifeguard? I'll share this with Grayson when he gets home. Thanks for the squad membership, Paul Terranova. Genuinely appreciate it. What do you get when you cross a computer with a lifeguard? You get a screensaver. You get a screensaver. Thank you very much to Grayson for the Grayson joke of the week. Kind of uh, manufactured that. Oh my gosh. All right, guys. I, I got an update on uh, the emotes. Just so you guys know, um, we I, I gifted 20 subs yesterday. Cyber Munchkin gifted five. We were trying to push over um, to get the ChatGPT HAL, HAL 2000 or HAL 1000. Uh, emote. There was a problem with that. Uh, I'll explain to you at the jawjacking section, but stay tuned for that. But right now we're just going to do the la 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 la's in a second. We have 303 squad members at this time. Let's get our laws going. La 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 la. All right, let's get back into the news, guys. BuzzFeed soars on reports of plans to use ChatGPT's OpenAI meta deal. Shares of BuzzFeed more than doubled in value on Thursday on reports the digital media firm was planning to use artificial intelligence to personalize and enhance its online quizzes and content. The Wall Street Journal, which first reported the development, said the company would use ChatGPT creator OpenAI for its content. 
With this, BuzzFeed will help generate content for Meta's platforms and train creators to grow their presence online, the report said, citing people familiar with the situation. <laughs> okay. New so this is probably the first instance where ChatGPT is going to result in people losing their jobs. And you know what's, you know what's terrible about it? Like, guys, I'm, an, I'm a free market, capitalism's okay guy, okay? Like, I think free market's good. BuzzFeed's stock doubled, <laughs> according to the story. BuzzFeed, look at, this is, this is yesterday. Look at this. You guys see this? This is them announcing that they're going to use OpenAI to write a lot of their content. I'm sure that they have humans writing the content now. So to me, people are probably going to lose their job. On top of that, the business is being rewarded for that. Okay, now granted, it was trading at a dollar and it went up a dollar. So we're not talking like $200 to $400. This isn't like Bitcoin, grab your pants and, and hold on. But still, this is, this is kind of one of the ugly sides of capitalism, frankly. You know, I hope people don't get fired, but like, why wouldn't they? <laughs> you know what I mean? People have been writing this themselves. And if they're going to use OpenAI to do it, you tell me what you think is going to happen. So stay tuned. Uh, BuzzFeed will be an early uh, case study to watch and look at what happens. Now, guys, all of us have been using ChatGPT. We know what it looks like. Um, and we, at least in my opinion, ChatGPT is amazing, but it's amazing if you know what you're expecting to get. It's not great if you don't know. Like to me, ChatGPT is great at saving time, right? ChatGPT, write me, I don't know, like write me, um, write me a, 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 an explanation of what a SOC analyst does in 500 words. Okay. SOC analyst does this, this, and this. Okay. That took... That took 10 seconds and I, I understand. But this, this third thing where it says that you are responsible for like educating the business about information security awareness, like that's not true. That's not what a SOC analyst does. Strike that. But if you don't know, if you're just like, you know, oh, just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, like you're going to start putting like falsehoods into the media, right? So there is downsides to chat GPT, obviously. Um, so we'll see what BuzzFeed does, but they're, you know, they're going to be the early adopter. Python-based RAT uses WebSocket for C2 and data exfiltration. Cybersecurity researchers have unearthed a new attack campaign that has been able to leverage a Python-based remote access Trojan to gain control over compromised systems since at least August of last year. In a report, analytics company Securonix said, quote, this malware is unique in its utilization of WebSockets to avoid detection and for both command and control communication and exfiltration. The malware, dubbed Pyration, spelt P-Y, pound sign, or hashtag, R-A-T-I-O-N, allows the threat actor to harvest sensitive information. Later versions of the backdoor also sport anti-evasion techniques, suggesting that it's being actively developed and maintained. Lloyd's Bank. Okay, so hold, hold on. Like, let's let me like let's look at this graphic, okay? Shall we? You guys know I have a soft spot for process flow diagrams, okay? Like, I I 
I really enjoy a good process flow diagram when it when it has to do with like malware executing. So let me just look at this thing. Stage one is up here. Stage two is down here. Stage three is over here. Uh, I don't. Hopefully, you guys can read it on stream. Um, there's two versions of this rat, this remote access Trojan. Looks like a phishing email comes in with a, a zip attachment. There's your first problem. That shouldn't be allowed through. Uh, inside the zip is two uh, fake JPEG files that are actually link files to uh, HTML uh, point to um, C2 infrastructure that runs a batch file. And there is the batch file runs on your machine and shows you some type of actual JPEG, which I, I assume makes the victim think that they are actually looking at what they thought they were looking at. But in reality, stage two is kicked off where it is running a visual basic script in your temp directory, building a batch file, which then connects to the C2, grabs another file for C2. This is all, stage two is all about obfuscation. Okay, and then stage three is um, downloading more information and basically putting it looks like a task in your um, for persistence and then court extracting and executing Cortana, Cortana assistance.exe so it can hide in plain sight. So when you look in your processes running, you're like, oh, Cortana, I don't use it, but I know it's Microsoft. So it's thumbs up. Okay, here's here's the interesting thing. This is fine. This to me looks like a textbook version of a malicious payload, you know, executing and doing what it does. Uh, any SOC analysts in here want to chime in on this? I think, um, you know, this is, to me, this is a pretty standard, like malicious payload execution path. I want to point out that if we educate our end users not to click on phishing emails, if we configure our email security gateways not to allow zip these things would be resolved or be less likely to happen. Although I do want to point out um, in this top uh, pane right here, if you stop the zip file from being attached, a lot of threat actors are actually putting the zip file like on Google Drive or Microsoft OneDrive and then putting a link in the email. So then you click on the link and pull down the archive from OneDrive, which isn't going through the email security gateway. It, you know what I mean? Like the, the URL is, but because it's a OneDrive <clears throat> URL, you know, your, your, your phishing policies might not detect it. So it's not bulletproof what I'm saying to defend against this, but, but you know, if you attach it directly to the email, that's lame. Okay. The, um, the one thing that they said in this story that kind of stuns me and guys, um, you know, again, I don't, I don't claim to be, you know, the almighty Oz, but, uh, or the almighty wizard of Oz, whatever. Um, somebody smarter than me, please chime in on chat. It says this malware is unique because it's utilization of web sockets to avoid detection. And for both C2 and, uh, Xfil guys, web sockets. Like, unless I'm mistaken, I mean, WebSockets is how you, like, set up an internet, like, not an internet, how you set up a network connection, like Netcat, a fundamental tool used by pen testers and hackers all over the world to th uh, catch reverse shells and to throw, um, you know, like, listeners and everything all over the place, is WebSockets. Like, I, I don't understand why they're saying this is unique. To me, like, this is, like, how it's done. Um, again, um, if, if, uh, Leonardo is in chat, if anybody, uh, who is more, you know, tech savvy than me, I suppose, but to me, th this statement is not true. 
And, you know, if it is, then go forward. But to me, I'd be careful. Like, just me, I'd be careful, like, walking around being like, oh, have you heard about this pirate nation? It's got this unique utilization of WebSockets. This is like, it's like a raw network connection. I don't know. I don't know. I'll look for chat afterwards. Warns of 80% surge in advance fee scams. The UK bank has warned consumers about the rise of scams in which victims are asked to pay an upfront fee for a product or service that does not materialize. So-called advance fee fraud surged by 82% year-on-year in 2022 with fake ads for loans, jobs, and rental properties among the most common tactics. Loan fee scams target people on low incomes or with a poor credit history and approve a loan no matter what. Scammers then request an upfront fee in order to receive if the funds will arrive. Lloyds state that people aged 25 to 34 are most likely to fall victim, followed by 35 to 44-year-olds. All right, this is uh, terrible, okay? This is terrible. Th th this is, um, you know, okay, guys. So first of all, I hope these people, these criminals perpetrating these attacks, I hope they get got, and I hope they get the justice they deserve, which would include, like, you know, just some bad stuff, guys. Like, basically what we're saying here is there are criminals who are targeting low-income people or people with poor credit history. That, that Like, I am very strong on, like, the wealth divide and, like, the, it, like the continuing wealth divide. And with the, co with the combination of all of the layoffs right we just talked about ibm laying off thousands of people amazon laying off thousands microsoft like like we're in a recession we're in there is inflation money's hard people are worried about how they're going to pay their bills right and then these are, are are going after them targeting them because they are vulnerable like literally threat actors look for vulnerabilities okay they look for vulnerabilities, and that's usually a technical exploitation or the fact that someone's trusting. But sadly, the term vulnerable applies in many contexts. And in this instance, the person is vulnerable. They don't know how they're going to feed their kids. They don't know how they're going to make rent or not get kicked out on the street. And in comes this superhero to save the day. Hey, I know you're down on your luck. I've got, I've got, I'm going to loan you a thousand dollars, pay your bills. It's good to go. Sign this paperwork. Well, I have terrible credit. Don't worry. We're good people. All right. All right. But, but you give, I'll give you the thousand dollars, but you do have to pay a hundred dollar, um, like fee, sign up fee or whatever, or like make good that way, you know, and then they just take their money never to be heard of again. I mean, it's basically a little bit more sophisticated than a stick up. It, that's basically it. It's like, give me your wallet. It's a little bit more sophisticated to that. 80% surge. Now, I, what I will say is, and I believe, I, I, I don't know if this is true, but it, my, my gut is telling me that the people who are perpetrating this fraud may also be not knowing where their next paycheck is going to come from. And, and, you know, if anyone has ever been in a position of a tough, a tough position, right? Like backed into a corner, you may do things that you would not normally do. You may compromise a bit of your morals 
because of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like you need to feed your kids, right? I mean, this is like, this is the, not to go too far off on a tangent, but this underpinning is why post-apocalyptic zombie shows like Walking Dead and stuff is so popular. It's not about the zombies. It's about the, 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 the development of the human interaction when you're pushed into a situation where you can't be civil and you're having to do, you're having to, to, to provide. Right. So there is a possibility that the individuals that are perpetrating these crimes are also, you know, layoffs that need to feed their kids and they're trying to do this. But it's just such a scummy, it's such a scum um, attack on such a vulnerable population. Right. I mean, not that I think any crime is good, but like when you ransomware a business, it's kind of faceless. Right. Like it's so anyways, 25 to 34 year olds, you know, be mindful. The other thing I'll say is like, you can't even really educate your end users because most of the people being targeted by this are, are not employed, right? So you almost have to, guys, if you do anything for your community, like um, speak at like uh, church or, you know, like any type of community engagement, make people mindful of this. I, I don't even know how you get this out there. Maybe on LinkedIn, maybe I'll share something on LinkedIn, but it, it sucks that vulnerable people are being exploited. It sucks. I don't, it, 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 it's, it's like the opposite of how I feel about this Hive ransomware takedown. Like I was, I was like giddy with how awesome this is. And this, this is terrible. This is terrible. The need for EV cybersecurity roadmaps. The Office of the National Cyber Director recently hosted a forum with government leaders and private companies to assess current and emerging cybersecurity threats involving electric vehicles. The most infamous story to date concerns a 19-year-old security researcher who, in early 2022, was able to hack into 25 Teslas around the world using a third-party open-source logging tool known as Tesla Mate. Other threat vectors that the industry is watching include connected vehicle systems such as navigation and optimal route planning that may enable access to key systems and put drivers at risk, also, charging stations that can become a path to exfiltrate driver data and the use of infected cars to attack a local power grid while charging. This forum and similar gatherings are looking to establish greater transparency and communication between OEMs, as well as urging for stronger password security within the many computers built into the vehicles. Okay. Remember to join us. All right, so that's the last story of the day. So I do enjoy jamming up some music up in here while I talk. All right, guys. Um, so <clears throat> this story is basically talking about the need for, it says electronic vehicle, but really any vehicle, a lot, it, a lot of vehicles are wicked tech technology enhanced, right? Okay. So it says EV cybersecurity roadmap, but I would argue that we have a need for just automotive cybersecurity roadmap. Okay. Uh, DEFCON has had a car hacking village for like 10 years. So the community, us as practitioners have been thinking about this and demonstrating Charlie Miller famously hacked the Jeep Cherokee, um, that, that 19 year old hacked the Teslas last year. So like there's been the uh, flipper zeros are open and gas tanks, uh, all over the place. Like there is a demonstrable need to secure these things, right? Um, so, you know, we're going to start heading in that direction. The car manufacturers, just like the automotive, um, excuse me, just like the airline industry, 
the automotive industry needs to kind of drive this. But basically what's going to happen here is one of two things. One, either the automotive industry is going to drive it being proactive, or there's going to be some serious, horrible accident that's going to be traced back to a technical hack of some sort. Right? Like, you know, whatever. Drive someone's car off a cliff with them in it. Lock the doors. Not allow them out. Not allow the windows to go down. Right? Something terrible. And then, you know, the government's going to step in. or Somebody's going to step in and it's going to be like a, like a reaction to it. And sadly, guys, I mean, this is pretty common for cybersecurity. Think about it, right? Like businesses uh, don't really do anything. You know, they do the minimum. And then there's a massive breach, a massive incident. And then they, they like knee jerk. And then they invest 4X. It becomes your security and privacy means everything to us. Like open, open blank checks. Like, what do you need? What do you need? Like, so that's probably what's going to happen with this, right? They'll, 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 you know, oh, we take it seriously. Cybersecurity for vehicles. And then some, something's going to happen. And then you know, there'll be a big reaction. R guys, remember, just, just the other day, I brought it up here. Just the other day, this is on January 4th. If you remember, there was a story about 14, 15 different major automotive manufacturers identifying that massive API flaws existed in all of the tech. Ferrari, Mercedes, Toyota, right? They're major, major flaws. So automotive companies are racing to dump tech and make... Make the experience for the, the driver, the owner, smart. Of course, of course, the car manufacturers are, are soaking up all that telemetry to actually identify how they can. It's time to buy a new car. It's time to get new tires. It's time to change your oil. It's time to spend money. That's what they're they're doing with it. So it's a it's a perverse incentive for the automotive industry to get the, the data so they can upsell you. But this is there's a need here and this needs to be a thing so um keep an eye out on it right the final thing i want to say and this just occurred to me um while i was talking about it i just to go back really quickly to the hive story the hive ransomware um they they the the fbi like applauded themselves that they were able to it's the first time that they like hacked back <clears throat> you know they kind of took a more proactive approach or a more aggressive approach on attacking hive ransomware and bringing them down which I'm all on board with. <clears throat> to me, this story and the way the FBI approached it marks a bit of a shift in how they're approaching things, which is going to align with the cybersecurity federal strategy that's about to drop uh, from Biden. There's a draft out right now. It'll be in the news in the next week, uh, probably, um, on the executive cybersecurity strategy and what the U.S. is going to start doing. Hey, Randock Gaming, thanks, man. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Uh, appreciate the support. Um, the executive uh, strategy is coming out, and it, it basically outlines that the U.S. is going to start hacking back. <laughs> so this has uh, already been in the works. All right, so if you're here just for the news, consider yourself up to date on the top threats of the day i hope you enjoyed yourself do hit like subscribe and all those good things or come back on monday at 8 a.m because we'll be doing it every single weekday morning now if you're here for a little bit of jaw jacking welcome welcome to the after party y'all so guys um thanks so much for being here nailed it um base case 8 45 45 minute show 
Guys, uh, let's do some jawjacking. I wanted to share with you that uh, good news, bad news. So the good news is <clears throat> um, 25 people got memberships uh, yesterday. We I, I gifted 20 subs uh, yesterday because I'm trying to get where we can unlock um, the emote. I made a mistake. I made a mistake on last month when uh, lots of people specifically, uh, or to call out uh, Eric Taylor, had gifted subs. Like Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions gifted like 200 subs. I mean, it was insane, which was awesome. But after a month, those subs fell off. Uh, many, many people did not renew the subscription, okay? Which is which is fine. No no harm, no foul. But <clears throat> Mike, um, YouTube has this... Um... Hold on one second. Brock Atkinson with the Super Chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks, Brock, so much for the Super Chat. Um, <clears throat> YouTube has a, um, a, a certain uh, tiers, right? We have 22 emotes... Uh, that are available right now in the stream. The the way it unlocks here, I'm going to pull it up on chat right now. I, I made a, like, I was kind of like flying by the seat of my pants and didn't realize something. Let me do this right here. Let me do this. Okay. So check this out. Okay, so hopefully you can see this on stream. Right, and I'll fix chat in a second. You see how these are all here? And it says to unlock more, uh, 22 emojis, 46 more members needed. Now, here's the here's the problem, okay? The way it works is by, um, by, by, um, by number of members, okay? So look at this. And I'll, I'll fix chat in a second. Okay, so we currently have 303 members, which unlocks 21. Because we put the emote in when we were over 350, it stayed. And we could have actually, we were at like 450 at one point. I could have added two more emotes. But because I didn't put them in, when, we, when, when the subs fell off, it, it locked it back up. So what I should have done is put, I made a mistake. I should have put the emotes in when we had the time, but I thought because it unlocked, we had time. We do not. So yesterday when I, I, I gifted the 20 subs, we were at like 280. So it said, oh, you need 20, you need 20 or 17 more subs to get to 300, which is the next level. So Cyber Munchkin and I uh, gifted 25 subs and it pushed us to 303, which unlocked this tier but we've already placed an emote for this tier. We've already placed an emote for this tier. I'm not saying I want, I, I don't need people to sub. I'm not, this isn't like uh, like some weird, like beg for subscriptions. What I'm telling you is we cannot get ChatGPT HAL emote until we get to 400 subs where we would be able to unlock the 23rd level. Okay, so that's, that's what's going on here. So just be mindful. We tried to get the emote and it didn't work for that reason. Now, if chat wants, guys, if chat wants, I am happy to, like, swap out one, right? So, if, if people haven't been using Snake Eyes, if people don't like the, um, the Elon one, like, if we don't use Elon very often, if you want to get rid of, like, um, the, the one I had custom made of me thinking, I'm totally happy swapping one out because we would use the chat GPT a lot more. 
So let me know in chat if you guys want. Um, like I said, I'm totally cool. I'm totally cool doing that, okay? All right. So Jenny Housley's asking, do we need two hackermen? That's a great point. Let, let, let's have a little quick discussion. I mean, you guys... Hold on one second. Here, I've already blown out the... Um, I've already blown out the uh, copyright today, so let, let's play some... Let's play some 90s. Mm. <laughs> Push it. Oh, you know what, guys? See, I don't want to play anything with swears, though. I don't mind blowing out copyright, but I don't like swearing. Um... Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not looking at chat right now. Oh, Josh Mason with the with the subs. Thanks, Josh. Josh Mason. Um, here, I'm gonna put a. I'll put a quick little. Um, I'll put a quick uh, poll in here. Um, really quick poll, okay, guys. Do you want to swap out an emote for Chat GPT? And if the answer is yes. If the answer is yes, then the next poll will be which one to swap out, okay? All right. So, hey, Josh Mason, thanks so much for the super chat. Genuinely appreciate about that. Ten, ten squad subs. Love it, love it, love it. All right. All right. I'm seeing... Oh, Cream Instrumental. That's a good call. Let's do that. Whoever said that. Greg does stuff. I love it, Greg. I just typed in cream does stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. I just had a buffer overflow on my head. Um, here we go. Here we go. All right, so everybody wants to swap out an emote. Okay, let's do this. All right, emo to swap. Uh. Snake eyes, coffee mug, um, one of the Jerry ones, and we could dig into that. And then what's another one? Um, uh, one of the Hackermen. There we go. This isn't a good instrumental. Oh, that's good. No, gaming with the cat. Oprah. Oprah stays. Oprah stays. All right. One of the Hackermans. All right. I could see that. I'll keep looking at chat and see what, see what you guys think. Oprah, no, Oprah, don't get rid of Snake Eyes, okay? Yep. Alright, one of the Hacker Man or Snake Eyes, Kimberly thinks. Yeah, cash rules everything around me. Dude, Wu-Tang. Such a good out. Enter the Wu. Ooh. You know who's a big Wu-Tang fan? John Helmus. I think he's got a Wu-Tang tattoo. 
Yeah, no, Oprah's, Oprah's, Oprah's gonna stay, guys. Like, Oprah's, Oprah's like, <laughs> Oprah's a standard, okay? I could see one of the Hacker Man. You know, the Hacker Man ones are good, but, I mean, I feel like... Let's see, let's see. The Snake Eyes was supposed to be like, every once in a while, I, I do like a, um, I do a like, oh, like here's something that everybody should know. You know, it's like the more you know. So that's, that's what that is. Thanks, Jim. Oh, Hacker Man? Oh boy, Lego Sec. This is OG, man, you gotta know this. <laughs> You gotta know your hacker, man. This guy right here. It's this is this is awesome. <laughs> here, I'm gonna drop it in chat. <laughs> it's like it's like intentionally like ridiculous and, and like over the top in like eighties or, or nineties. It's just he kind of says like, he kind of says like silly stuff, not silly, but just like, it's basically like a, um, it's a joke. It's a joke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share this in chat. All right, let's look at the, uh, the polls really quickly. All right, so one of the hacker mans is what I'm seeing. Okay, let's end the poll. All right, um, which hacker man? Which hacker man to keep? OG one with keyboard. Here we go. And I'll tell you what, guys, I mean, if you want next time, if we if we continue to grow and we get to 400 members and we open it up, I mean, I'm happy to bring one of them back. You know what I mean? I'm not opposed to that. Check my schedule, see if I got the 9 a.m. Nope. All righty. Let's go. DP with the gifted subs. Thank you so much, DP. Genuinely appreciate it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this is such a classic video. It's so funny. He's got the he's got the Nintendo Power Glove on. <laughs> he's hacking <laughs> oh he's using a calculator oh this is so good Marco uh, maybe click up on the uh, the chat uh, you see like the little um, present from where next to DP or Josh Mason click on that all right let's see looks like people want to keep the OG one which I totally agree with Thanks, Carl Ron. Be good. 
getting these memberships in. Squads, definitely take advantage of it. All right, how many votes we got? 56 votes. I feel like that's pretty good. We're going to keep the OG one. Nice job, everybody. Here we go. All right, ending the poll. Fare thee well. <laughs> uh, fare thee well. Um, hold on. All right, so we're going to swap out the... Uh, we're going to swap it out, guys. Here we go. Why can't I click on things? All right, here we go. We're keeping the OG one. Say goodbye to this guy. Farewell, Hackerman. I do like this music. Nice call. Uh, Greg does stuff on the little uh, woo instrumental. I hope the instrumentals keep going. Here we go. Here comes Hal. We'll call it Hal GPT. <laughs> Here we go. All right, it's saving and publishing. There it goes. It should take a few minutes to propagate across uh, the YouTubes, but uh, we are we are on ChatGPT now. All right, everybody, have a great week. Oh, there it is, Internal Stranger. Enjoy, everybody. Thanks so much for playing along. Squad members, have a great weekend. Simply Cyber Community members, have a great weekend. We've been assimilated by the Borg. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. A lot of fun. Best wishes. Crush it on Friday. Go strong into the weekend. Be good, everybody. And until next time, stay secure.